before I get into my message, I better introduce myself a little bit, tell you a little bit about myself, for those of you who don't know. Um, I've been in the ministry, both in lay position and in ministry position, for about 30 years. I started when I was 13. Well, I guess I'd be 27 then. Do the math right. I'm only 41, in case anybody knows. So if I get my math wrong, I'm sorry. I did graduate. Okay, let me start over by introducing myself. Isn't the Lord good? Yes. Yes. I've been in different ministry positions from minister of music, pianist, choir director, children's minister, bus pastor, associate pastor, youth pastor. God has used me in lots of ways, not because of who I am and what I can do, because everything that I am and everything I can do was given to me Amen. as a gift. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, everybody has a gift. Everybody has a gift. Right? Everybody in this church is called to do something for Jesus Christ. I'm talking about beyond just to make a great commission, which don't, don't let me minimize that. The great commission is why we really need to get out there and win some souls. But each of you have a gift, one for the other, as a body. So God has used even Deborah and I in different gifts, in different callings, in different places, in different ways. In the ministry of deliverance. I was noticing on my website, if any of you have been there, uh, I've got a section on deliverance. I can tell by that prayer, Pastor Jerry's been there. Of course, I also knew he'd been there because I've been watching what has been going on on my website. It's one of my hobbies. I keep track who's... I know what time you were there, I know how long you spent on each page, and I know when you switched pages and when you left. So a big brother, actually brother Andrew. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that when it comes to computers, I don't know it all. But I did used to run a department of a network software company that uh, had hundreds and hundreds of computers worldwide. Well, over a thousand. And I was able to tap into each and every hard drive and see what they were doing. Now, your heart is your hard drive. I can't tap into your heart. Only to God can. So what you need to do this morning is open up your heart and let the Holy Spirit tug on your heartstrings. I don't care if it's me behind this pulpit, Pastor Jerry, or Elmer Fudd. If your heart is open and expecting, you're going to receive. Do you want to receive this morning? Except for the person next to you is bugging you to pieces. Right? Sometimes you wonder how God can even stand them. Right? Come on, admit it. It's okay to be honest in church, of all places. But if I'm honest in church, I'm not as spiritual as everybody else. (laughs) We'll talk about that in a minute. My message title this morning, as you may have seen in the bulletin, is called Extra Grace Required. It's not my own made-up phrase. It's uh, something that's been going around lately. Dealing with EGR, Extra Grace Required, people. 
Now let me start off by saying every one of us, in God's sight, is an EGR person. Because in spite of ourselves, who we are, what we do, and who we are really, when we're by ourselves, shows that we do need it, some extra grace. Amen. We all need it. The pastor is not perfect. If you're looking for a perfect pastor, you'll never find him. Amen. If you're looking for the perfect child, look in your house. <laughs> My children are perfect. They do things perfectly right, and they do things when they do it wrong, perfectly. God looks at us through the eyes with what I call rose-cutter glasses. The rose being the blood of Jesus Christ. He looks at us as perfect in His eyes. Just like the parents should look at their children in spite of their problems, in spite of their faults, in spite of their difficulties, in spite of their attitudes. My kids are perfect. So were yours. Because God looks at you that way. Right? Are we supposed to follow the example of Jesus Christ and how He treated everyone else? Well, then we need to learn how to give a little extra grace. His grace is efficient for me. I'm not going to read every one of these scriptures due to time constraints. But I encourage you to take some notes and write some down because they're very important. If I preach a sermon without a verse, you better throw me out. Because the Bible is our source of information. It is the Word of who? So if I'm not quoting from the Word of God, who am I quoting from? Well, a variety of sources probably. So it's best to say, read the Word. I love that idea of seeing red. Because of the fact that in the Bible is everything we need to sustain in our life. It is our owner's manual as we discussed this morning in Sunday school. It is what we need to survive this world, especially today, because today... Things are worse than they were a hundred years ago. Now that's kind of cliche, duh, all that. Just like the, the phrase that says, well, you know, the time of Jesus coming is closer today than it was yesterday. Duh. <laughs> right? But the point is not lost, is it? Jesus could come, poof. Whether you're post-trib, pre-trib, mid-trib, half-trib, Part trip, no trip. It's irrelevant. Is your heart right with God? Because no matter what you happen to believe in that area, when Gabriel blows that trumpet, is your heart right with God? You'd be ready to go, and you'd be ready to stay. He says, occupy till I come. Amen. He says, occupy till I come. What are you doing in the name of Jesus? In other words, under the authority of Jesus. What are you doing in His name? Are you too busy with your day-to-day routine? 
Because you're too busy with your job, too busy with your your voluntary work, too busy with this, too busy with that, too busy running the kids from here, there, and yon, cooking dinners, cleaning the house, scrubbing the floor, doing the laundry. Make time for Jesus. Amen. Make time for Jesus because He made time for you. That brings me all the way around, full circle. Make time for everybody else. Make time for others. Grace. James, chapter 3, verse 5. If you turn there, I better put my seers on so I can actually see what I'm looking at. Because I might have given you the wrong scripture. Uh, Yeah, James chapter 3, verse 8. But the tongue no man can tame. It's an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith we bless God, even the Father. Therewith we curse men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be. Does a fountain send forth the same place, sweet and water that is bitter? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear berry olives? A vine, figs. So no fountain can both yield salt, water, and fresh. Who is a wise man, endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness and wisdom. But if you have been bitter, envying, and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying is strife, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown, and in the peace of them that make peace. 2 Corinthians 12, 9-10 And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, would I rather glory in my infirmities. That's a tough, tough pill to swallow. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in my infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecution, in distresses, for Christ's sake. Why? Let's all say it together. For when I am weak, He is strong. We're overcomers. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So can your neighbor. You may look with a judgmental eye at your neighbor because you see or hear or smell or think something. But God has grace for how you smell, how you look, how you act, how you think. The greatest of these is love. If we have not love... Or just a bunch of noise. Christians have been called the ones who won't shoot their own wounded. The army that shoots its own wounded. How many people have been to a church hurting, needing a touch from the master's hand, and you got your feet chopped out from under you? 
Let that not be so here. This is a house of prayer. This is a hospital. This is a healing ground. This is a training academy. This is a fellowship hall. We've all heard the analogy with the matchsticks. You can snap one matchstick, poof. You put 40 of them together in a bundle and try to snap it in half, you can have your work cut out for you. Are you united? Or are you separated? Individual matchsticks sitting in here today. Each person requires the grace of God to continue. By the grace of God, therefore, I am. And you are. You need each other. That's why he said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Not because it was a requirement, some duty, something to do on Sundays or whatever day you choose. The day is irrelevant. It really is. Because you should be living Jesus Christ every day in your life. This is the temple of the Holy Ghost. This is just four walls. Nice pews and a carpet. Beautiful church, by the way. It's a wonderful... Beautiful. I'd have never thought it was a theater. Never would have figured it out. I would have wondered about the windows, though. No windows. (laughs) Nothing a Benford saw can't handle. As long as Tim Allen's not involved. <laughs> the world is full of people. Unhealed emotional wounds, deep securities, irritating mannerisms, poor social skills, dysfunctional backgrounds. Every church has them. Every landlord has them. Every employer has them. They're everywhere. They're in the church. They're out in the street. Who's going to minister to them? Are you too busy about yourself? Are you all that? That you can't extend the grace of God to them as He has done to you? Now, lest I get you get the impression I'm trying to stomp on your toes, so remember, I know nothing about you folks other than what uh, Pastor Jerry has told me, and I do have your bios in my little binder here, so... <laughs> That's not true. Alright, so for the believer, there's a couple things you can do to deal with EGR people. You can leave the planet. Just hop on one of them shuttles in California. If you got enough money, either put them on it, send them away, or go away yourself. You're done with the EGR peoples. Or are you? You're there. But we can't leave the planet. Not yet. Jesus will take care of that in due time. So in the meantime, first thing you need to do is look inside them. Now, how do you think looking inside them is going to help you deal grace to them? You don't even like them. You can't stand them. What on earth do you want to do, take the time to try to get to know them when you don't like them? James 4, 7 through 12 says we must humble ourselves. Once you know what they've been through, you might understand why they are the way they are. Yes, amen. The saying about walking a mile in another man's moccasins applies here. 
you have to be open to the Holy Spirit's guidance. That's why being filled with the Holy Spirit is so critical in your life. Because He leads you, He guides you, He directs you. You will know. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are for each and every one of us. And in order to exercise those gifts to the people that are EGR people, we must have our heart connected to the throne room. talked about rabbit trails this morning, I'll chase one. How do we communicate with God? Prayer. How does God communicate with us? The Word. What's our function on this planet? To worship God. What's the Great Commission? To bring others in to worship God. Amen. You're not going to know how to do that unless you're listening to God and talking to God. And talking to other people is just a natural process behind it. Because if you're filled with the power of Jesus Christ in you, you will be bold for Him. Because the Holy Spirit's endowment will give you power. It will give you holy boldness. Amen. The strength to do something that you wouldn't have done two weeks ago. But people with EGR status, me, you, at times, we lose our little fire. We lose that spark. We get caught up in the onion peels of life. Well, everybody's like an onion. One peel after the other. We all have layers. Some deeper than others. In deliverance, we look at things sometimes like peels because sometimes deliverance has to start with an outside peel when the real problem is deep inside. Sometimes you got to peel away one layer at a time. You don't clean that fish before you catch it. You just can't do it. So don't expect that your neighbor should have to be perfect like that either because they're just like you are extra grace is required we can't judge them true fellowship happens when people know they can share their doubts and fears without being patronized or ridiculed when you go to prayer meeting and share your needs do you follow what the Bible says? Bear one another's burdens? Or are you too afraid to raise your hand and say, I need help with this problem, brothers and sisters, for fear of what people are going to think? Now sometimes that's a problem just because the person that has the problem is embarrassed, doesn't, doesn't want to tell everybody because it's embarrassing, humbling. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. And for those on the listening end of that humility, you listen in all humility, lest you too fall. And you pray with and hold up that brother and that sister for that problem. Especially if you've got the same problem in the closet. (coughs) 
You must curb your tongue. There's life and death in the tongue. You can destroy your child with a sentence. So why would not the same thing be possible with spiritual babies? Do you want to be a stumbling block to those spiritual babies around you? Or do you want to have life in your tongue? Wisdom. Encouragement. Praise for them. In spite of their circumstances. In spite of what they're going through. Maybe perhaps in spite of what they're putting you through. We've all had people that rubbed us the wrong way. That doesn't mean you have to hang out with them. But we're supposed to love our enemies. Pray for them. Lift them up. Because what's at stake? Their very soul. And if God puts you in their path, you better be worried about their soul, not their B.O. You hear me, folks? This is about souls to the kingdom of God. This is not about how good Pastor Andy preaches. This is not about how good the piano player plays, which was beautiful, by the way. This is about winning souls for the kingdom of God. The Great Commission says, go and play the piano. Go and um, build a church. Go and preach the gospel. If you take the first two letters of God, you get go. You take the first three letters of Satan and you're sitting down. You're going to go or you're going to sat. Now, looking inside the other person is only half the equation. You need to look inside yourself. You need to find out where you're at. First thing you need to do is stomp out your pride. Pride builds walls. Humility builds bridges. How many bridges you got burning behind you that you can't go back because you burned it up? Thank God for the grace of God. You can turn around and go back and make amends. And if for some reason it's just not humanly possible because time has passed too far, you can't find the people or whatever the circumstance might be, you confess it to Jesus Christ and He will forgive you. And it will be under the blood. Look inside yourself and assess your abilities. Everybody has a gift. What's your gift? I talk about often the ministry of meatloaf. What's your gift? If all you can do is make a meatloaf for someone who's ill, grieving, that's a ministry. The ministry of meatloaf. What is your gifting? What is your calling? The ministry of gift baskets was used last night. And it blessed us. It blessed us. We're going to get blessed some more today. What are your abilities? In Romans chapter 12, verse 16, and Philippians 2, 3, 
Paul wrote, now this you won't find in the King James, I'm going to paraphrase in urban type lingo, alright? Don't get conceited. You're not all that. Mix more, especially with the people you thought you were below, that were below you. Put up a mirror to the real you with no fancy soul-enhancing lightning effects. Then look back at anyone else and reckon they're better than you. Don't do that. Because, yes, through the blood of Jesus Christ, you're perfect. But without the blood of Jesus Christ, you're nothing. Amen. Praise God, I'm something in Jesus. Because otherwise, I wouldn't be here today. And I can say that probably every one of you could say the same thing. Without the intervention, the direct, divine intervention in your life, at some point, you would not be here today on this planet. You don't know how many times in your life God has sent His angels to protect you. You don't know how many times in your life God has sent an angel to give you a little push somewhere else. I had an experience once when I was 18. I was sitting at a stoplight, minding my own business. This car come whizzing around the corner. Way too short. He definitely going to hit me right on the head. I watched that car do this. About three foot. That was an angel. When I was interning, I interned for three years as a minister intern for... Uh, a large church in California called Calvary Temple. About 2,500 people, so I was able to be exposed to just about every department that was available. And one of the things that we, of course, had to go through was evangelism explosion. Ever heard of that? Going to, going to the people and operating in that area? Well, another one of the uh, requirements for an intern was to visit Monty's every night after church. It's a restaurant. <laughs> Get some fellowship and some pie. I was coming out of there. I, I practically should have had a pillow there because I was usually there morning and night. In fact, I'd walk in the door and they knew me coming. They just grabbed a cup of coffee and figured out where I was going to be because I was always about table to table because everybody from the church was there. And then they finally sat down where I went. I came out one night. I usually closed them down. And there was an old guy. Old. White long beard. White scruffy hair. Dirty, smelly. Sir, you got some money for some food? Now sometimes I just give money. As the Lord directs me. Or as I direct me. Sometimes it's just me. I don't know. I just pray that God blesses them. This particular time I said, no sir, but since we're at the restaurant and they're not closed yet, why don't you come on in, I'll buy you whatever you want. So we went inside. I said, order whatever you want. He ordered a hamburger. It's fries. As we got to talking, I found out he lived in the back of somebody's house in a refrigerator box. And they didn't know he was back there. Because that box had been back there for a while. He'd put blankets in it and all that. Talked to him some more. Talked to him about the Lord. And I was watching him. I realized he didn't have any teeth. He was gumming everything. 
I said, how do you do that? I mean, it, and he said, well, you just get used to it after a while. He said, I lost my teeth long ago and I couldn't afford to get new ones. So I just gum everything. He said, you just get used to it. You learn what to eat and what not to. So we go to walk out of the restaurant. I pay the bill and say, God bless you and give him another $5 and send him on his way. We get outside the door. I walk about 10 foot. I turn to say something else to him. He was nowhere. There was no way on this green earth that that old man could have moved that fast to get out of my sight from me walking 10 feet. It's not possible. Sometimes we attend to angels unaware. Don't miss your opportunity. Now you've got to do what God directs you to do. Because you can go broke with those shysters on the corner that have a Mercedes around the corner with, with their hands out. That does happen. I'm sure we've all seen the TV spy cameras where they watch the guys on the corner. You need to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. But if you're not following the, the written word, you're not going to understand or even hear. Yes, amen. If you don't hear from God through His Word. You're not going to hear Him speak through your spirit. The reason it's so important to see every word that Jesus said in the red part, not to memorize it. It's great to memorize the Word. Grew up memorizing the Word. I couldn't leave home for school without quoting four memory verses. I was in a memory verse club. Every week I had to recite at least five new memory verses. You need to do that. But when we talk about reading all the words of Jesus, we're talking about putting something in your soul. So that when the Holy Spirit needs to tap into your little file cabinet in your heart, so you can use it for somebody else to bless them, it's there. Because some of you are empty file cabinets. you got just a few pages in you. If you want your file cabinet of your heart to be full, you need to fill it with a word. So that at the time the Holy Spirit puts you in the path of somebody else that needs your extra word of encouragement or grace, the Holy Spirit will draw upon that out of your soul. And it will come to your mind and you'll say it. And you'll say, whoa, wow. Have you ever heard something come out of your mouth and you said, gee, that's good stuff. That's the Holy Spirit. I record every message and every, every lesson I teach. And when I'm editing, to take out the coughs and the things that I thought were jokes that didn't turn out to be so good, I cut those out. But when I'm doing that, I also sometimes hear things that I don't remember saying. That I know weren't in my notes. But it was good stuff. I want to take notes. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can work through everyone who is willing to be a vessel. Because if you're not let him, letting Him use you, let him, letting His Holy Spirit flow through you, you are not. You are not going to be effective in the kingdom of God. Amen. The Dead Sea is called Dead Sea for a reason. It has no flow. Do you want to be dead and saved? You can't. Make it by a hair of your teeth or hair of your chinny chin chin. It's 
skin of your teeth, I guess it is. Or, you can actually have a crown to cast at Jesus' feet when the time comes. Do you believe that Jesus wants to use you? Okay, three of you believe it. Do the rest of you believe it? Jesus wants to use everybody. He wants to exercise the grace that He has given. His grace is sufficient. If His grace is sufficient for Paul, it's sufficient for me. And believe me, you can ask my wife, sometimes I need a lot of grace. We all do. Because we are human beings. We have our human faults. That does not justify sin. And no means. We must live a holy life. But that's a different sermon. Step on your pride. Assess your own abilities. Learn godly patience. No good teacher keeps dunce caps. Dunce caps in his inventory to hand out. There are no dunces in the kingdom of God. Good teachers listen. Good teachers absorb what's going on. Good teachers will say, you look like you've got a big question mark above your head. What can I help you with? Be a mentor to someone. Just as someone has been a mentor to you. Every one of you, if you think hard, now don't wander off from the sermon too long, but if you think hard, you can actually think of somebody who in your life influenced you strongly, spiritually. Amen. You pray right now and say, praise God for them. <laughs> Whether it was grandma, mom and dad, pastor so-and-so, brother so-and-so. And be longing in your heart to say, you know, down the line, or even now, Jesus, make me that mentor too. So somebody will say, thank God for me. I want to be used in the kingdom of God. I want to be used whether it's behind the pulpit or behind the wheel of my car. When I lift up my hands to praise, I want it to be real. Amen. I don't want to show. I don't have time for it. I want God. If the Spirit moves you to jump, you jump. If the Spirit moves you to run, you run. But if the Spirit calls you to get on your knees, you get on your knees. But the only way to do that is to follow Jesus' example and exercise grace because it is required. Examples of a few EGR people in the Word. The demoniac of Gadara, Matthew 8, 28. That's self-explanatory. He needed some grace. He was so bad that chains couldn't even hold him. He was so possessed. He could bust the chains. So he lived in a cemetery, nude. He was a sight to behold. Unkempt, smelly, ratty hair, ratty beard, ranting and raving. Jesus knew he was over there. Jesus got in that boat. He had a purpose for going to the other side. He got there and took care of it. Paul needed some grace. He was murdering Christians. He was out there actively pursuing and murdering Christians as heretics. So when he got saved, 
He had a reputation that God needed to deal with. He needed lots of grace. Barnabas took him in. But at some point, Paul must have forgot about grace for just a little bit because he had a big falling out with Mark. Strong words. The Bible says, let's see, where have we got it here? And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder from one another. So Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. Barnabas to the rescue again. Well, fortunately, Paul got the idea. He understood grace. And he spent a lot of time in Romans talking about grace. Thank God for the grace of God because the law is impossible to live by. Amen. Jesus came, he said, to fulfill the law. He knew we and ourselves couldn't do it. He knew that from the get-go. He knew that before the very foundation of this earth, that you weren't going to qualify. Not one of us qualifies in our own self. But thank the Lord, He gave us the formula through His own sacrifice. He made the final sacrifice on the cross of Calvary so that we might have experience him inside ourselves. In the Old Testament, they had the Spirit of God. But where did it reside? In the tabernacle. In the Holy of Holies. When Jesus said it's finished, that veil ripped. And the Spirit would let loose. And we can all have a piece of it. Do you want more than just a piece? I want to be full. I want to be filled. Jesus wants you to be full of Him. So that everyone that walks near you, hears you, doesn't even know your name, but looks at you and says, there's something different about you. What is it? Has anybody ever asked you that before? I've had it. Unfortunately, not as recently as I'd like, which means i got some work to do too. But you need to show the love of Jesus through your very personality, through your actions, through your reactions, through everything that you do, so that God will be glorified in everything you do, everything you say. If you do everything that you think and do to the glory of God, it will be all right. Amen. Even if you trip, even if you fall, even if it's your fault, God has grace for you. So you have grace for others. Learn godly patience. Have you been less than patient with people around you that are EGR people? I think we all have. And we can probably think of times when we were the EGR person. Really putting someone through a trial. They were trying to help us, but we didn't want their help. Because we didn't like what they had to hear, what they had to say. Humble yourself. Don't be judgmental. Have patience. Be the gift to others that God's gift was to you. Did you hear that? 
Be the gift to others that God's gift was to you. Be a blessing to everyone you meet. At least try. You know, you can't please everybody no matter how hard you try. No matter how much you pay them. You can't please some people at all. They need the grace. They need the patience. They don't need the judgment. No one's qualified to judge but God Himself. Because if you judge somebody, you're going to be judged under that same microscope. Oh no. I'd rather operate under grace. I'd rather operate under the blood of Jesus Christ, covering my soul, and spreading that good news. That's good news! That's not bad news, that's good news! When I was uh, working with kids, I used to have this skit called, That's Good, That's Bad. So, Brother Jerry, if you play along with me, come up here. You got two lines. Let's practice. Okay. That's good. That's good. That's bad. That's bad. Got it? That's good. That's bad. All right. Now, normally, it'd be like a kid's crusade or something where kids are all excited. I'd come running down the aisle screaming, having just a a big fit. Brother Jerry! Brother Jerry! Brother Jerry! Of course, he had to calm me down because I just all fit it up. Calm down, Andy. Calm down. And he asked me, what's wrong? What's wrong? I forgot to tell you about that line. <laughs> my uncle died. That's bad. No, that's good because he left me a million dollars. That's good. No, that's bad because IRS, you know, they took half of it. Well, that's bad. No, that's good because with the other half, I bought myself an airplane. Well, that's good. No, that's bad because I don't know how to fly an airplane. Well, that's bad. No, that's good because a pastor in California, he taught me how to fly. Well, that's good. No, that's bad because we was flying up in the airplane and... One day, and, and the engine conked out. Well, that is bad. No, that's good, because we we, we, we had some parachutes. Well, that's good. No, that's bad, because we jumped out that plane, pulled a ripcord, parachute didn't work. Well, that's really bad. No, that's good, because we looked down there, we saw ourselves a haystack. Oh, that's good. No, that's bad, because we got a little closer, we saw a pitchfork sticking up out of that haystack. Well, that's bad. <laughs> no, that's good, we missed a pitchfork. Oh, that's good. No, that's bad, we missed a haystack. Oh, that's really bad. <laughs> Thank you. Give our actor a hand there. Sometimes it's just bad. No matter how good a spin you try to put on it, you just miss the haystack. But Jesus will pick up the pieces and put you back together. Oh, if you could understand the depth of that. You would have power in the name of Jesus. You would be shouting for glory because God is on the throne and He puts your heart back together. Oh, Jesus, we praise You. Just give the Lord a praise. Thank You, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank You, Jesus. Oh, thank you for your love and your grace, Father, that covers us. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise you, Father. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, God is good. God is good. Remember, sometimes we all need grace. His grace is sufficient for us. We must exercise that grace for those EGR people because God puts up with us.